Hey everyone, and welcome to the Healthy is Hot podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Wilde. Entertainment reporter by day, sweatpant connoisseur by night. From hashtag to movement, we believe that loving all sides of you is what's healthy. And healthy is hot. Join us as we have raw, real conversations with badass individuals living passionate lives, thriving to make their dreams come true, and diving deep into how they got to where they are. And the best part? How health is a key component of all of it. From the highs to the lows, we get into it. From fitness to mental health to aspirational careers, get ready to be inspired. Also, we don't hold back. There might be swearing, there's definitely going to be some laughing, and hopefully you can take something away from these conversations to live your best life. To live your healthiest hot life. Another week, another podcast. This week, oh, I'm so excited to have my friend Amanda Salas on the Healthiest Hot Podcast. She is also an entertainment reporter based out of Los Angeles. We met in the industry and immediately connected. She has the most vibrant energy. She is funny, she is grounded, and she is incredibly passionate about her job. Then, in 2019... She started to feel not quite like herself. She was losing weight. Her face started to become a little bit more swollen. She was noticing it when she was watching back the footage when she was interviewing actors. And that started the journey to get to the diagnosis of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Amanda is someone who is in her 30s who felt healthy and yet had this massive diagnosis thrown at her. She is now in remission and I say that with a big old smile on my face. It was so amazing to connect with her and to hear about her story and get this. She says there is so much out of your control when you get a diagnosis like that but there are two things you can control. Your attitude and when and how you shave your head. This is Oh, I love this conversation so much. So enjoy Amanda Salas' story. Okay, well, Amanda, I just want to say thank you so much for coming onto this podcast. We are coming from two different coasts of the same continent. We're joining together, and um, I, I, yeah, I can't even thank you enough for doing this. I've been following your journey for you know, quite a while now, but even before that journey started, I knew you from the entertainment world because you and I have a very similar job. And it was yes. so such a you were such a breath of fresh air when I met you. I can't remember what junket it was, but I think it was in New York. And it was remember? New York. It was Triple Frontier. Yes, it was Triple oh, Frontier. Yes. The Netflix junket. I remember Chloe because we definitely clicked. Yeah, I just remember like joining in on a dinner that we were having with the boys, and I was just like, this girl yeah. is just like a firecracker of puns mm-hmm. and entertainment knowledge. And you're just like this ray mm-hmm. of sunshine. And Thank it you. wasn't long after that junket that everything yeah. kind of changed for you. Like, I think the timing was, it was like really shortly after, because I remember seeing you and then all of a sudden I didn't see what other junkets. And then I, I creeped on your Instagram and I was like, holy shit, Amanda is going through something real. Mm-hmm. Yes. It wasn't too long after the junket. I, I believe it was actually... About three months after that junket, I was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, stage two cancer, and uh, I'm wearing green band right now. And it was crazy because if it wasn't for those junkets, I wouldn't have been so aware of some of the symptoms because one of the biggest symptoms for the kind of cancer I had was a swollen face. 
And I kept noticing it from Triple Frontier and then all the way until Toy Story 4. And I remember asking our fellow junketeers, as we lovingly call each other, um, is anyone else getting like a swollen face? Because I was traveling more. I, I had attributed it to that. And lo and behold, it was, it, was, uh, it was cancer because I had a tumor actually blocking the, uh, my veins. So I wasn't getting oxygen to my face. And so that's why it was getting swollen. Oh my God. Like the, the fact that you at least had the awareness to notice that these changes were happening because having a, a swollen face, like for a lot of people, I don't think is a symptom that they would nev- like necessarily be like, oh, weird, my face is swollen. Like maybe I should get that checked out. But because, you know, one of the side effects of working in our business is that a lot of the times we have to stare at our faces in the editing scene yes. when it goes to air, when you're reviewing it with your producers. And so I'm grateful that that was your symptom that you, you picked up on it because at least that was something that you were able to attribute right away to being a little bit away from your usual baseline. And that was how long ago now? I was diagnosed. Um, I went to the hospital June 17th of 2019. So we're at like nine months, a little over nine months of, uh, some diagnosis till now, but I'm happy to say I'm in remission. I finished my last, I know, I finished my last chemotherapy session October 13th of last year. And um, I was bald. If you go on my Instagram, you can see I had no hair. And this is, this is about like five, your hair starts growing back about a month to six weeks after your last chemo session. So this is about five months of growth, my new pixie right now. It's looking super cute. I am like the fact that you are able to say with a massive smile on your face that you are in remission is the most beautiful thing in the world, Amanda. That must have felt like such, uh, I can't even imagine what the past little while has felt like for you, but I'm I'm happy that we're having this conversation now that you're on the other side of it, because even though it was, it was less than a year that you went through all of this, the amount that you went through was unbelievable. Now that you are, you know, where you are and you have the hindsight and the ability to look back, what has been the biggest takeaway from this experience? Um, so I'll start with physically. The biggest physical takeaway from this was how much emphasis I and society puts on hair. So, you know, before getting diet, you know, before going to chemo, I had a lot of hair. It was, you know, right down mid, almost that like middle of my back and it was thick and I used to use it as a, a security blanket or also as a, as a way of like talking and hair flipping and I never realized how much I leaned on my hair until I didn't have it anymore but I will say this when you and anyone who's a warrior who's watching this who goes through chemo and loses their hair there's only two things you can control when you are going through cancer treatment because everything else is, is out of your hands um and the two things you can control are one, your attitude towards it, and two, when you decide to shave your head. Because you know it's coming, but you just have to like take a day and do it. It starts to come out in, in clumps. It's something I hope you never have to experience. But anyone watching and listening who's gone through this, you know the time comes, your your scalp actually starts to hurt, almost like a burning sensation. And you it, it starts you start losing it all over when you know, okay, it's time to shave it. So you pick that day. Those are the only two things you really can control. Can't control your appetite. You can't control side effects to what chemo does. So that's one thing I took away is how much emphasis I put on my hair in a physical sense. And then emotionally and mentally, 
you really see who your true friends are during something like mm. this. You see who your people are, your community. And there were people that I could never imagine how, what they've done for me and what, what, what role they played in my treatment. And I'm so grateful for them. And then there's some people that I actually expected a little bit more from that maybe didn't come through for me. And I, and I understand that everyone has to deal with it in their own ways, but man, oh man, do I now see who my, my tribes are. Who would you say are your top three members that really helped you get through this? I have to give a shout out to my mother. Uh, she really like held it down. I mean, both my parents, but my, you know, one of them, they live out of state. One of them had to hold it down for me um, here. One of them had to hold it down at home. So my mom actually went on a leave of absence from her job and she really held it down for me. So I have to say, I get to give her a number one shout out, Mama Dallas. <laughs> Who is my grandmother? Um, just really, just really, she, my grandma's sassy, you know, and she provided that, <laughs> that sassiness for me you know, she would be by my side and making jokes the nurses either loved her or were scared of her because she's five feet of theory so I'd have to I have to give her a shout out and I have to actually give as a whole my my job I have to say Fox 11 really uh stepped up for me and supported me in ways that they didn't even have to but they chose to and they helped bring awareness to the lymphoma community so I'd have to definitely give them a major shout out I love that it's your mom, your grandma, and your work. So like right away, that tells me you've got some amazingly strong women in your life, which yeah. is a testament to who you are because they both sound amazing. And also shout out to your, you. your, your dad for holding it down because someone's got to do yeah, that. Yeah, I too. hold it down. And, mm -hmm. and I love that your work was supporting you because it's tough. Like I knew you when you were in your work mode and it's clear, it was clear to me that you loved what you did. You really had a passion for it. You had a gift for it. You irradiated the energy. And, and I think that's why you are able to have a career like you do. And then to have that taken away from you, in addition to your health and to be given this massive diagnosis. And now all of a sudden you're dealing with a word like cancer and you can't even do the thing that you love to do. It's all, it feels almost like losing two parts of yourself where, so it's amazing that they were able to step up like that. For sure. For sure. I will always be grateful to them for that. And there's somebody else that, that wants to say hello, if you don't mind, while we're here. Yes. Come here. Come here. You know, somebody else. I have a feeling it's going to be a furry baby. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. Who? Her name is January Bones. She's my four-year-old uh, Dachshund Rescue. She's named lovingly after the actress January Jones. <laughs> I mean, uh, the resemblance is uncanny. And I mean, right? I love that you brought January into this because I think January was like actually snuck in to the hospital to be able to come see you at the beginning of this whole experience for you. You're good. Yes, she did. No, animals weren't allowed in the hospital, but maybe there was a certain security guard who said when he was taking his break and gave us a wink. And, you know, before I started, before I started chemo, I hadn't seen my dog for almost a week because I was in the hospital and I really wanted to hold her before starting because, you know, you just never know. You never know what's going to happen. This is something that I'd never experienced. And I wasn't sure, God forbid, what was going to happen. I mean, thank God I'm on the other end of it, other side of it. But I had to give extra kisses and love to my, to my pup. 
I mean, she's giving you so much love right now. I'm glad that because animal, I mean, animal, animal therapy is a real thing. Like the love that animals have, like they can, they just give, they just give and give and give. And in a time like that, I imagine that that was like a really beautiful form of love coming at you. It was, it was essential. She just wanted to say hello and uh, give a little podcast update. What up? A little podcast. I missed your puns. I missed your puns. I've hung out with you like once or twice. And I was like, this girl has puns for days. Um, you mentioned that <laughs> you mentioned that when you think about the takeaways, there's two things you can control. You say your hair and your attitude. I'd love to actually attitude. unpack those. But yeah. your when it comes down to your hair, I mean, a you had voluminous, beautiful hair, and then you were losing it. And I feel like you can look at that as one of two ways: either you're like this is happening to me, or I can take control of this. And you definitely took the ladder and said, no, I'm going to control this narrative. And if I'm going to have to do this, I'm going to do it my way. So you hosted right. a buzz party. I've a never seen party, that yeah. before in my life. Neither have, have I. And I knew that I wanted to do it with the people that love and care about me the most, because I knew that that was going to be a really tough time, a tough transition in my journey. And so listen, I had been to so many gender reveal parties and my friends engagement parties or whatnot. And I thought, why is it that we can't turn this into a moment to celebrate going through this process? And so I said, listen, I want like a dozen of my closest friends and at my friend's house, because she's actually a hairstylist on a show I was on. I want her to do it. She had a little salon in her uh, backyard. And I want everyone take little shot glasses and we're going to pour tequila in each of the shot glasses and every time she takes the the razor and goes through my head everyone take a shot so that in the end we're all buzzed I mean Amanda I, I on paper I'm like that's fucking brilliant but if I put myself you. in your shoes and I have to think about doing that in front of people and you were you were, had the foresight to have photos there just to, to commemorate the experience but yeah. A, it sounds amazing because you're turning into a, almost like a celebration, weirdly enough, and like really changing right. the narrative of that story. But were you scared at all? Or were you like, no, 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 I'm in. Oh, man, this is happening. Let's do it. I mean, surprisingly enough, I should have, maybe I should have seen the foresight of, of, you know, that it would catch on. But, you know, more people started following me in my journey that maybe we're going through the same thing. And to have other women message me and say, I follow you and I saw that you had a buzz party. So then I too had a buzz party. And to, to think that it would be catching on like that, that really touched my heart in so many ways because I was just doing this with my friends for, for almost selfish reasons so that I could feel a little less alone in that moment. My mom was there, my, my, my former boss was there. But then to see women would uh, text me and message me photos of their own like backyard buzz parties or whatever. And they'd, they'd have their own spin on it, but it would, it's a new thing that I hope could catch on in the cancer community where a buzz party can be a thing where you, you're surrounded by love because that's mm -hmm. the one thing you really need in that moment. Wow. And I, I to see it kind of percolate and have the impact that it did and to get picked up by all of these different news outlets. I mean, like that's, that's an amazing impact that you were able to have with this one idea Thank of you. just kind of like shaking the stigma and like the negativity that comes with shaving your head. Cause what a terrifying thing. Like, especially as, as a woman, like I, you know, our hair is, it, it means a lot to us. And especially you, you described totally. that already. So 
to lose it. And then to take it from there, then you started having all these wigs and different personalities. And yeah. girl, I was like, <laughs> your attitude towards everything, especially the attitude you shared publicly on social media was, it was really, it was inviting. Like you, it's almost like you wanted people to be on this journey with you and you were so candid and open about it. But how did you keep your attitude so positive? Because I think whether you are going through cancer or for you know, people going through anything right now, attitude is such a big, big part of that. And it's such an important part that we have to check in and be like, okay, maybe I could shift my mindset a little bit about this. But how did, yeah. how did you stay so positive? Well, thank you for saying that. Um, I think for me, it helped that I, I am kind of a positive person by nature. So it helped carry over to some of the darkest moments that I experienced. But I'm not a very patient person, Chloe. So a lot of people say, if I get through this, I, I will do something good or I'll give back. And I thought, why wait till I make it to the other side or hear the remission news or ring the bell? Why not help people while I'm going through this? So I partnered with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and people were asking me like, hey, can I send you a, or can you start a GoFundMe or this and that? And I'm blessed enough to have, I have health insurance, you know, and luckily my health insurance was great and it helped pay a lot of my medical bills because you get a lot of bills, chemo is expensive. Um, but I said, you know what? No, I don't feel right taking that money for myself. Let's donate it to those who may not have any health insurance or single moms who need help who are going through this. And we raised $43,000 for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society to give back to them. It's for research. It's to help people who can't afford to go to the doctor. It's to help provide babysitting maybe for um, a mother who has to go do treatment. So it was just, I said, let's do this now. You know, we're, we're lucky. We're both we both share a platform where mm -hmm. maybe we have a voice and, and to, to kind of channel that voice and direct it to positive and to for good. That was what was important to me at that time. And plus I needed to work. Like I was out of, you know, I was, off, I was on disability for seven months. I, I, you know, medical disability, I couldn't work. So this was my passion project during that time. I love that you were like, no, I, I gotta, I gotta do something. And if I'm going to do something, yes. I'm going to do it in this way. And also just $43,000. That's like, we're talking us dollars. All my Canadian friends listening. That is a ton <laughs> of money, especially Thank after you. the exchange rate. And I imagine yeah. through that you probably met so many other individuals going through what you're going through, which sometimes can be really helpful because even if your mom and your grandma love you so much and they're there with you for everything, to some degree, they don't actually know what you're going through. They can be there as an outsider and give you all the love in the world. But sometimes to connect with someone who's, who knows firsthand what you're going through. Yeah. Um, are there some yeah. key people that you, you nailed met who really kind of, yeah. And I just like, I just think, I, especially for you, that you're this young, amazing, uh, energetic woman. I, I just think of like all the, the little kids that might've went to that fundraiser and to see you up there doing that's like, it's an, it's inspiring. So I just, yeah, I, I'm so into it. I'm so, so into it. I love Thank that you did that you. and raised a shit ton of money. Yeah. And it went for such a great cause. And I, I have to also give a shout out to the um, LAFD Los Angeles Fire Department Station 88. They held a pancake breakfast for me and Mr. T attended it because Mr. T is a lymphoma survivor. We did it on Lymphoma Awareness Day. And ironically enough, Mr. T had T-cell lymphoma. And oh, there's wow. about 60 different types of lymphoma. And I had the lymphoma that had media in the title. Metas <laughs> metastasis, yeah, 
metastinal, large B cell metastinal lymphoma. So it's just like, whoa, I mean, if you're going to get it, it was just a little too fitting, but um, for that. And uh, that day was really special. And a lot of people came out. And like you said, I met others going through this. They're lovingly called my lymphomies. So we together, we still keep in touch and we show each other our hair picks and we talk about any side effects we're still experiencing. And the whole point, a, a survivor said this to me, it goes, if you get on the other side of this, the whole, the, the best gift you can give somebody is to just be there for them. Anyone else who's going through this. And if we can all just be there for people the way, if we go through something terrible and then, you know, turn it into something, a gift we can give to somebody else our presence, our time, encouragement, that's what it's all about. You know, now that you are on the other side, how has it really changed the way that you look at the rest of your life? Because you have an amazing, beautiful, adventure-filled life ahead of you. Does the Amanda today look at that life a little bit differently than the Amanda seven months ago? Yes. And I know this sounds small, but I really don't take anything for granted. Like if I go for a walk and I feel a breeze on my skin or the leaves kind of just waving in the wind, I really soak up everything a little bit more these days. And I know that sounds so like poetic and woo, but it really, it really kind of is that way where you, you really cherish and treasure the little things that maybe you didn't notice as much before. Um, mm. I value my, my family on like a, a whole other level now. They're my survival tribe. And there are things where now I'm like, I'm going to do that. Don't wait forever. You never know what's going to happen. You, as soon as we're able to travel again, safe <laughs> and, you know, germ free, I, I can't wait to take more trips. Definitely. Where, what's, uh, what's number one on your bucket list? Well, let me tell you. The last city I was, the last out of uh, America city I was in was Toronto. (laughs) And I have to say, I loved it so much. I I really did love, I mean, everyone was so nice there. And it was really nice and clean. And I I only got to spend two days, but I would love to visit Canada again, again, Vancouver, Montreal. I would love to do that again. I'd love to go to Greece and Spain and I'd love to go to an exotic place and just put my toes in the sand, drink in hand and enjoy that too. Yeah. Okay. So basically just a little bit of everywhere, just a little bit of here, a little bit of there and like pop up to Canada. (laughs) Did my wanderlust come out? I mean, like seven months of medical leave. Now we're on lockdown and we're all like on, you know, self-isolating. I mean, gosh, I can't wait to take a trip. I'm sure you can't wait to take a trip after this. Well, it's actually, it's so, I mean, for, for people that don't work in our industry, it's like, we're always on the go. We're like, it's very rare that I'm home for more than a week, maybe two weeks max. Um, And for people who do junkets on an even more regular basis, like they're on the road all the time and you kind of get used to it. So I'm not used to being at home for more than like a week or two at a time. And now I'm in this space all day, every day. And it's really shifting my perspective of things. And like when the day comes that I can go travel or can go back to work, or I can feel that breeze on my face without like this COVID situation always weighing down everything. Like, I really hope that we all become more present the way that you feel very present in your life, because we have to appreciate what we have. Because I think sometimes in life, we we take things for granted. I personally have even just a couple months ago, I was complaining about this, that, the other thing, like not really taking into account how blessed this life is and how, how lucky I am to be living this life. And yeah, I think being present is, is a great thing to kind of take forward into your future chapters. Absolutely. Yes. 
Amen. When it comes to like your health and your body and I, like going back almost to the beginning, like the fact that you were able to notice that one of the symptoms was a swollen face, like, were you checking in on, on how you were feeling like from that day on, like what was the progression from noticing visually that something was different to getting that diagnosis? You know, the hardest part, I mean, I had 24 hour, five day a week chemo, but what was even harder than going through chemo was getting a proper diagnosis. I had been going to the doctor since February and I was diagnosed in June. It took five doctors to diagnose my lymphoma. Lymphoma is kind of sneaky. You know, it, it, it kind of presents itself like a cold or flu-like symptoms. And so I had to go to a holistic doctor. And the holistic doctor, you know, took blood samples like anything else. And ironically, this is a blood cancer and blood tests won't reveal it. The only thing that will reveal lymphoma is a scan, an x-ray, anything that shows that you have a tumor. So the holistic doctor actually um, wrote me in order to get a thyroid ultrasound because they were like, maybe it's your thyroid, even though your levels came back fine. And in the thyroid ultrasound is when they noticed thrombus, which means obviously like one, one of my, I say, this is how I like to say it to everybody. One of my veins looked like a red vine Twizzler and one of them looked like a pepperoni stick. So some <laughs> very visual. Very, yeah, that's how I describe it. Something was definitely off and then they went a little bit lower and then they noticed the mass. To this day, when she handed me the envelope, the ultrasound technician, she told me, you have to go to the emergency room. Now, when you're, a, I'm a healthy woman in my 30s. Um, thankfully, I had no underlying health issues. And so when somebody is telling you, you have to go to the emergency room, I looked at her, it was her and the receptionist. And I said, why? And they responded, we can't tell you, but you have to go. Cause you know, we, we aren't allowed to tell you. There's so many legalities. Open up the envelope, a lot of typed out words, but one highlighted portion. And I will never forget it where it said mass found. And your mind goes in a million different directions. But you immediately go, okay, it's okay. Mass found, you don't think it's cancer again because you're like, I don't have any, I don't have health problems or I, you know, I'm, I'm fairly healthy and I'm younger. But mass found, maybe it's fatty tissue. Maybe it's this, nope, it was, it was, and I will tell you this, I have, it, I asked how big the tumor was and they gave me numbers and you know sometimes like for women i joke you know we tell them go west on this street or go north it's like make a right or a left you know give me give me a visual <laughs> yeah. so i asked the doctor they're like it's like by this centimeter by this centimeter I'm like like a golf ball and the doctor goes no bigger and i said like a grapefruit and you know you're in la when the doctor's response is like an organic grapefruit <laughs> And I go, oh my goodness, I get it. Okay, because I went to the store, you know, an organic grapefruit is smaller than an actual, you know, yep. regular grapefruit. And I go, okay, well, you know, thank you for painting the visual for me. I get that now. But that's a, that's a, still a, that's that was a, inside a sizable me. tumor. Sizable tumor. And I had no idea. The only thing I noticed was my face was getting more swollen my, and I was losing weight. So I was doing the Toy Story 4 junket and I started looking around at some of the characters and I thought, oh my goodness, like I'm starting to look like one of these Pixar characters with these bigger heads and little body. 
And I go, you're, you're supposed to interview the characters, not look like one. Ooh. That was the last junket before I really, you know, um, had to like, you know, go to go to the hospital and, and get this taken care of. So, yeah, and now I monitor. I mean, you gain weight when you go through chemo because you take steroids. So I try not to just look at it as if my face is getting a little bit because that's the first place weight can go, especially on women. Yeah. So I just try to notice the other symptom, which I had, which was insane itch on my hands and feet. And so I monitor that too. And now I'm very cautious. Like you mentioned, I'm very, okay, was it my face? As soon as I went through chemo, it started going down. The itch started going away. Um, I still have my port in right here. A port cap is where you get the chemo. And um, in May, I'm hoping to get it taken out. It's called getting deported. <laughs> Or did you make but, that you one? Know, it's like, it's, I did. I wish I could take I cannot take credit for that one. It's, it's a, I know it's a term in the cancer community when they take your port out. Um, they kept mine in for a little bit just to watch over it. And then, you know, you get, get another scan. And I say when, not if, when it's clear, um, they'll take it out. That will right be now, a huge celebration. Reporter. Yeah, you can yes. go back to being a reporter. You can be deported and go back to being a reporter without the port. Report. Without part, it's I the only cannot, I need, yeah. It's shocking to me that you started feeling unwell in February and yeah. it took that long and that many doctors. And you know, a lot of people still kind of don't give holistic doctors the credit they deserve. And yet this was the, the doctor, this was the person mm -hmm. that had an impact on it. you because I mean, yeah. you obviously been feeling unwell for so long. And then finally, thankfully, this imaging was requested but like, what would have oh, happened yeah. had that imaging or that diagnosis been delayed by, by even longer? I've had a few of my uh, doctors and oncologists tell me, had they not discovered the tumor and diagnosed me properly, I would have had a stroke because eventually it would have cut off my circulation and I could have died because I just think about my, my, my parents, you know, if I'm, mm -hmm. God forbid, like in the field and you just pass out. Well, we travel a lot for junkets and all of a sudden you're just, your circulation's cut off, your oxygen is cut off and you pass out and nobody knew why. That's why lymphoma is really hard to diagnose. And I'm so glad that the holistic doctor did have an instinct to get me a thyroid mm -hmm. ultrasound, even though my thyroid levels came back because that was the only thing at that point that indicated it. I was misdiagnosed. I had a doctor look me in the face and tell me, look me in my swollen face and tell me that I wasn't getting enough sleep. And when I questioned that and said, so is not getting enough sleep causing my face to swell? His response was, and I quote, you're a reporter, Google it. Of course it does. And let me just tell you this, Chloe, he was one of my first phone calls when I was discharged from the hospital. That office, that doctor's office was one of the first phone calls because first of all, the bedside manner. And second of all, I said, you make sure you make a copy of all the symptoms I told you I was experiencing so that you can learn these lymphoma symptoms so somebody else doesn't have to suffer from this as long as I had oh my to. God. Oh, that makes me very angry. Yeah. The junket that you did before all of this happened was Toy Story. Now you are in remission. You're back at work. Yes. Obviously no junkets are happening because it would not be safe to travel, but right. how get back into the junket world and back into the entertainment space? Yeah, so it's, uh, you know, it's a little bittersweet because I went back to work in February 
after not working for a good seven months. I had missed the Emmys, uh, all the award season. I came back for the Oscars, though. So that was my big kind of triumphant return. And then worked about a month until now we're all in lockdown again. So mentally, I was thinking, oh, man, oh, man, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back home. But I mean, obviously, different circumstance. I'm still working. I get up every morning and uh, I report from my dining room giving the viewers their entertainment story. I think you're doing the same thing, right? Yeah, I love it. Life goes on. The show must go on. Look, if you're trying to return was short and sweet for right now and it was the Oscars. At least you came back making a big splash on that red carpet, rocking a new pixie cut, rocking your health, rocking the remission status. I cannot wait to see the continued impact you have in the lymphoma and the cancer community, not only where you Thank are you. today, but also around the world. You are such Thank an inspiration. So thank you so much. Thank you. And I always end every episode with the same question. And it's, what does healthy is hot mean to you? For some people, it's a feeling, a mantra, a quote they live by. I think what is healthy is hot means to me is survival. You know, a body in motion stays in motion. Your body is a temple. What you put into it is what you'll get out of it. And so for me more than ever, healthy equals survival. Healthy is hot. And also, you're hot. I have to say... (laughs) You're beautiful on the inside and out. And to me, health is, is, is your personality too, because obviously you're beautiful, but like you are, you're such a light. So thank you for having me on your podcast. I look forward to being assigned the same junket and we can reconnect in person. I love it. We need to have another dinner. Absolutely. Amanda, thank you so, so much. I'll talk to you soon. Stay safe during this weird time. Thank you. You too. You too. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye. And just like that, another episode of the Healthy is Hot podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Chloe Wilde. If you enjoyed this conversation, feel free to subscribe so you never miss out. Rate and leave us a comment. Follow us on Instagram at Healthy is Hot. And remember, healthy is fucking beautiful. See you next week.